Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and say, this week on Squats and Margaritas, it's the go-to hairstylist, makeup artist in Atlanta, Erin Reiser. She's a fit mom of three under five, and she just did my makeup for my sister's wedding. I need to know how she balances all the things. Her brand, three kids, a whole team of people that work for her. Here is my episode with Erin Reiser. So I met you when you did my makeup for my sister's wedding. Yes. And I'm my sister's, I mean, she's kind of bougie. So I knew like if she hired you, like you were the girl <laughs> in Atlanta <laughs> for hair and makeup. And I heard, um, that you have three kids under five. Is that correct? So they all just had birthdays. So it's one, three, and five, and they all just had birthdays. Okay. So <laughs> three kids, five and under you yes. run your brand, you run a team of people, hair and makeup, you teach hair and makeup. You still yeah. make time to work out and I need to know how you do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because like different stages of my career, it's looked different. Right. Um, I mean, for the past five years, six years, I've been either like, I've been pregnant, nursing, working, like all the things. And I mean, I was an athlete my whole life oh. and being strong has always been really important to me. Um, and so so it was important to continue that, but I've definitely had like phases of life where it's easier phases of life where it's harder. Um, but I would say like right now, um, I mean, <laughs> I do a lot of stuff like pushing my baby around on a stroller. Um, I, I like to work out at night. My husband works out early morning. I work out at night. I feel like I, my workouts are like trash. If I, I try to do them early in the morning, like my body's just like not ready. How yeah. are you not tired after a full day to still be able to <laughs> First of all, if I put it off, if it, if I made it that long, it's like, nope. And I probably had like a glass of wine by the evening. And I'm like, well, now I can't work out. Like if I don't get it in first thing, I feel like I'd be so tired. Where's the yeah. trick there? Well, I mean, I guess for me, it's all about like, that's kind of my time to like calm down. Like I kind of reflect on the day. Um, I try to not focus too much on all the things that went wrong and like, try to just like think about like, you know, um, focusing on like enjoying the workout and things that were good from that day. And, um, I mean, I, we have a spin bike. I spin, um, we have weights. I love to lift. I like to lift heavy. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so my background, this is a little something. So I yeah. actually, I've been doing hair and makeup full time for five years now. And a couple of years before that, helping out a friend um, who was doing what I'm doing before I started even doing it. My degrees in education and biology. Um, <laughs> so, and I was a um, an athletic trainer. Actually, I worked for the orthopedic uh, surgeons at the University of South Carolina. I was like grad student there, and I worked with the strength conditioning team. And so I have this background in like Olympic lifting, and like I have an understanding of all that. And so I really enjoy like that side of it. That's really fun for me. Um, but to try to answer like how I make it all work. I mean, I would say that like, for me, it doesn't always work out, but I try to have like time allocated for different things. Like something that was huge for me a couple of years ago is I went ahead and said, like, I need to have a sitter or, you know, a nanny 
you know, two and a half days a week. And then I work mostly on the weekends. Like that's when I do weddings, Mm -hmm. but I need time to, I work for different brands. I collaborate with brands and stuff like that. And I was like, so I need time where I have sitters here so that I can film for the brands that I work with. So I can do all the editing. So I can do all the paperwork. So I can do all the admin for the other artists so I can teach classes. So I just kind of, I think that allocating the time and go ahead and getting sitters lined up to be taking care of my kiddos when I do that has, has been huge. Um, and like I said, for me, as far as getting the workouts in, it's, it's a mixture between doing things with the kids present. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll put all three kids in a stroller. I'm sure it's not safe. Like I'm probably not supposed to have all three strapped into a two kids stroller. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> it's like 125 pounds pushing that stroller yeah. through like my hilly neighborhood. They're happy. They're with you. So you don't have that yeah. mom guilt. Cause I think a lot of it too for me, I would be like, I, I feel bad going to the gym because my son will like be standing at the door. He's three. And it's just like, mommy. And I feel guilty about getting in a 30 minute workout because it's like, you're a mom. You feel like you should be with your kids. I feel terrible. So make them a part of it. You're getting in a run. Your kids are happy. Cause they're with mom. Right. Um, I, right. I feel like this is going to go in a whole different direction. I didn't know about your like athlete background and like lifting heavy. Like we're definitely going to be touching so on that. I didn't play sports in college. I played so much. I played multiple sports, my whole like upbringing. And by the time I got to college, I was like, I don't even want to talk to recruiters anymore. Like just don't even contact. Like I was, I knew I didn't want to play in college, yeah. but yeah, I, I was, um, I was in the, that kind of like kind of a hybrid between like strength conditioning and um, athletic training, which is the like orthopedic medical side of things. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've been doing this for seven years, but, um, that's my background. And, um, I mean, I enjoyed it and I, I love having that knowledge. I mean, obviously it's like something that still serves me, even though I don't work in that field anymore. Yeah. I mean, and you're obviously in killer shape and I love that you said you lift heavy because looking at you, you have such like long, beautiful muscles, like obviously not like bulky or anything, women, I feel like there's such a stigma of like lifting and especially lifting heavy and women shy away from weights. Everything changed for me when I started eating more and lifting heavy. And Mm. it's not what women are taught. Like you actually have the background in it. So you knew and trainers know like trainers, like, yeah, you have to lift to, you know, put on muscle muscles, the most metabolically active tissue, and you're going to burn calories. And I don't think women are taught that women are taught calories in versus calories out, do your cardio sweat, eat salads, you know, and if, you know, if you burn off more than you eat and that failed me for 20 years, like from like high school to 36, I was just cardio every day, barely eating, never snacking because I was like saving my calories for meals. And it was less calories at the end of the day. And my body was starving. I was holding on to 20 extra pounds. I was frustrated because I'm thinking I'm doing everything right. I, I work out seven days a week. I don't eat anything. And I was, I, everything changed when I started lifting heavy and eating more. And if you can speak on that, like I was thinking you're like yoga or Pilates, like you have long (laughs) lean muscles and you lift heavy. Well, and I have to say, like, I, obviously I just had a baby a year ago and (laughs) I I went through some really, well, and I mean, I had my babies all like bam, bam, bam. And after, after, um, Sam in particular, our youngest, Um, I had some pretty significant PPD, um, and I had also gained like three times the amount of weight with that pregnancy that I did with my first two. Hmm. And part of that was quarantine. Part of that was, I was on like modified bed rest for half of it. Um, 
But anyways, and so coming back from that has been harder. And it's also revealed a lot to me about like what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still like five pounds away from where I would like to be like ideally weight wise. But I also know that I like, I kind of know my happy spot where I'm like, you know, where I, I want to feel strong. That's like my number one goal. Mm-hmm. And I want to run around with my kids and do everything that totally keep up. And like, those are like my like baseline goals. Like I want to feel those things. And then I enjoy kind of the, um, the adrenaline and like all the like things that come with lifting heavy. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of, I can tell you just how hard it was because coming off of being on bed rest, having that PPD that kind of like it was really hard to get back into working out this last time around. I'm sure, I'm um, sure. it was easier after each of the first two and harder this, this third time around just because of PPD and just everything that was going on with me. And, um, so for me, I know that losing, losing weight and kind of getting back into shape initially was really hard because I, I wasn't putting that weightlifting back in. That was the thing that was like harder to get in for me. And so, um, that's the thing that works struggling. (laughs) I was struggling so much. And it's really been in the past couple of months that I've put the lifting back in that I have, have been dropping the weight. And so I can, I can, I'm like literally in just a short term, like a really good experiment in like running and walking. And that's not bad, but it's also not going to lead to reaching your goals most of the time versus like adding the weightlifting. And it was my husband who said it to me. He was like, Aaron, you know exactly what you need to do. You need to find time to lift. And that's yes. the thing that I do late at night. Cause that's the thing that's hard to do with kiddos around. True. And that's why it took me longer to mix that back in was because I had to find that motivation to do it after I put the kids to bed. Yeah. You and know? that is what gets the results. Like that. Yeah. Lifting- so I, I mean, I am a little leaner now than I typically like I'll, you know, sometimes I am a little bigger, but like, I mean, I, I tend to stay a little bit lean though. Like I'm, I'm tall. Um, I have long limbs, like genetically, that's how I am. My dad was a, a football player, but he was a tight end to give you an wow. idea, like the longer, taller, leaner guy. He wasn't in the NFL. He played for Alabama though, back in the day. Oh, geez. I want my husband. <laughs> <laughs> my husband would want me to say war eagle. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember talking to you about this. I was like, I'm not going to mention this part. Yeah, <laughs> that when you're talking about lifting there for me, what was so hard for me to grasp was that like lifting would change my body because if I went to the gym and I did 45 minutes on the elliptical or the treadmill, I would be drenched in sweat and I would leave like, yes, like got a great workout. But when I weight trained, sometimes I wouldn't even break a sweat. And I'd be like, I didn't feel like I did anything. I feel like I needed to go run or something. Exactly. And, but that's what does it. Like, I felt like I was like, well, that wasn't even Cause I didn't sweat. It was almost like, I felt like I needed to, and being an athlete yeah. and playing soccer, I needed to sweat and I didn't feel yeah. like I did enough, but it's like yeah. the next day you're increasing your yeah. metabolism. You're when your body, when you finally give yourself rest days, which I didn't do for 20 years, I worked out yeah. seven days a week, your body rebuilds stronger. And I, I think women, like when you're lifting, you don't get that immediate, like you're not sweaty and you don't feel like you did as much, but that shift in mindset that that's where the change happens. And that's when your body, like my body finally started changing. Like I'm, I weigh close to the same, but I'm smaller. I wear smaller right. clothes, right. but muscle, cause it's dense. Like you, it, it weighs a lot, but it doesn't take up as much space. And yeah. I just, it's such a, it, women are not taught to lift. And 
being an, a division one athlete, I went through a strength and conditioning program. Like I was told how to lift, but I, if I wasn't like going through that, like women, they're just, they just do cardio. Cause like, that's what you are told. And the, the men are in the weight room. Like the women are on the cardio machines. And if you look around the gym, the women with the best bodies are in the weight room. Like they're not on the cardio machines. Yeah. yeah. And I all have women on like celebrity trainers, like the best bodies I've ever seen. And I'm like, but you do some cardio and they're like a warm up. Like maybe yeah. once a week I'll run like 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, no cardio at all. They're so yeah. lean. They're so like yeah. sculpted. Um, yeah. I, I do run yeah. still, yeah. but it's for my, you enjoy it. You should still I do enjoy it. it. And it's my yeah. mental. And I do too. Yeah. Don't you come back to your kids? Like, like it's a woosaw yeah. it's listening to music. And it's what you said earlier. It's the only time that you're on your own. Like it's your time to yourself. That's right. like running is like a zone out something that I definitely need and want in my life, but it's not for weight loss. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It serves other purposes, right? Like exactly. It's, it's needed. It's necessary. Weight loss and toning and like the physical look goals. And then for me, I really enjoy like finishing out with a super quick, like hit circuit or something mm -hmm. like that yeah. too. Like I love to sweat. So like you said, like when you lift, a lot of times you're not really sweating all that much. <laughs> your body heats up, you know, like you're, you heat up, your muscles heat up, but, um, but you know, cause there's just all that cellular functioning happening, but then you, you know, you come back for me, I like to finish with a sweat. And so I almost always do a finisher, but that's, that's less for weight loss and more for like, you know, I just, I just love like finishing <laughs> that way. Give me an example. Like, what do you do? Well, so we have a really, uh, tall, tall, uh, like a, a steep hill right next to our house. Ooh. I sprint up that hill, sprint back down, do like, you know, I, I'll, I'll think of a number. Let's say I usually like sets of 20, I do like 20 burpees, 20 push-ups. do it again. Wow. Do it maybe like three or five times. I, like I said, I just love to sweat and I, and I, like literally like streams, like going down. Like, no, like, I know. And it, yeah. And door, it just makes you feel good. And that's like, I, I'm thinking too, if somebody's like, well, I don't have a treadmill. I don't have a Peloton bike. What you just described, do you have a hill? Can you do burpees in your yard? Like you didn't, you don't have any equipment. It's one stair that you can put your foot on over and over again. Yes. You know I mean? like, no excuses. And whatever excuse you're telling yourself, it's a pandemic. My gym is closed. Go outside on your steep hill or your one step knock it out and you will feel so much better exactly. and you'll be locked in with your kids. Um, I, when you're saying that you plan out your day, like, do you physically like time block your day? Like from nine to 10, I'm here from 11 to 12. Uh, I'm here. No, honestly, it's like, it's funny because like my life basically revolves as far as like my schedule, I plan everything around my kids' nap times, which is different for me than it would be for someone who doesn't have kids to nap. But like, um, I basically just have like certain days where I know I have sitters coming. We, and I know this is, this is something that you've experienced up till now, but now you have family in town. We don't have family in town to help. And yep. so for me, I know that I need to have like sitters scheduled ahead of time. I think that's huge as a working mom. Like if you're someone who you work for yourself, then you don't automatically have these like nine to five scheduled hours. And so we tend to, I know for me, like I wanted to save money on sitters. And so I was like, well, I'll just figure out how to work during their nap time. I'll work from like eight to 12 o'clock at night. I'll work in the morning. I'll, you know, work on the weekends when my husband is home, which that's not great. Cause then he can't, you can enjoy time together. Right. And he's mad at yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll just like try to like find time, like wherever I could find it. And eventually, you know, my husband was talking to me. He's like, Aaron, we just, you know, 
give yourself permission, like give yourself, you're making money, give yourself permission to spend the money to have a regular sitter who comes at these times, you know, they're going to be there and you schedule. And during those times that I know I have sitters, I go ahead and I schedule in, um, all my, like for hair and makeup, I schedule in all my trial runs and shoots and all that kind of stuff. I schedule in, um, all my, and I tend to have like certain things I do on Thursdays, certain things I do on Fridays, certain okay. things I do on Wednesdays, you know, like certain things I allocate for like paperwork versus like, so I have kind of a system. Um, sometimes I'll, um, like if I have a day where like the client cancels or something like that, then I have those, like that little bit of extra time, then I'll go on a run during the day. And I love that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that's the kind of run that we're talking about. We're like, I'm not worried about how fast I'm doing it. I'm just running. I'm sweating. I'm enjoying it. I've got music on right now. It's like different. I go through phases and I like wear it out. Like I'll listen to the same artists until I can't listen to it anymore. But, um, do you know, yeah. so, uh, Walker Hayes, he's a country artist and he's the one that sings that like fancy like song. Like, I've been a fan of his for years. Oh, and this is like his first. Yeah. So all of his songs are so good and so clever. Writing and that so down. you can write that down because you need to run to that. Cause it's like, you listen to the words and you're like, that was so clever. Yeah. Think of- I love it. I just want to talk to you about your, how your brand, like, I can't believe you just said you've only been doing this for five years. Like you have built this brand out. Like how did it go from five years ago, you were helping out a friend and just like doing hair and makeup to like what you've built. Like when did you decide this is going to be a thing? Yeah. Um, so I was using my degree working, you know, during the week and then helping a friend out on the weekends. And I would take weddings some on my own. Um, and eventually me taking weddings on my own, this has been like six, seven years ago. It just grew out of control to where I had, I was working so much on the weekends. I was working during the week and we were just kind of like, something's got to give. And that happened to coincide when I found out I was pregnant with our first with Jack, our oldest. And so I, you know, decided it was a great time to go ahead and, you know, I guess, pour into this side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm no longer, and which was hard for me, like the idea of no longer using my degrees was like, I spent all this time like investing in that. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, at, at some point, like I use that, I still have that knowledge. Like, I'm glad I did it. It wasn't wasted time, you no. know, um, but I'm so enjoying building a business, building a team. Yeah. Um, this fulfills you more. It seems like you're more fulfilled by this, regardless of what your degree was in. Yeah. Well, and it's something where I can, although I do have to work a lot, I do get to pick and choose my hours. So I, I mean, my, my kids probably view me as the full-time mom. Like, I mean, I'm here a lot of the time I'm, I get to be there for them a lot because of the way that I allocate my hours. And so, um, I'm grateful for that, but yeah, so I decided to go ahead and start building it. And, um, it started off just kind of, I would do like 25, 30 weddings a year, maybe the first couple of years. And then I would say like three years ago, I, I made the choice to, so I set this goal where I was like, whenever I'm going to reach out to two other wedding vendors every month, just to say, Hey, and to grab coffee. And this is how I'm, I want, I want to get myself out there. I want to start doing more weddings. I want to be connected in the industry. Yeah. Um, and so I had, I did that for a whole year. I had coffee with two wedding vendors a month who I was inspired by, whether it be like other hair and makeup artists or um, wedding planners or whatever, you know, florists, you know, people mm-hmm. that I love their work. Yeah. And, um, and I just let them know, I'm like, I'm kind of into the industry, you know, love to love to talk to you about how you got into it. And it was just great. Like it built so much community for me. And some of those people are still the people that I work with constantly to this day. And we've kind of risen together. Like it's been yeah. really cool to like rise in the industry with people who you started off with and 
who you really enjoy and you've seen each other from, you know, when you were just starting out and now we're working yeah. with these same luxury clients. And it's just been, like you said, sister, you're bougie Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> My baby sister, who's like taking over the world. That is so yeah. smart though. Cause like you don't know who somebody found an Instagram of like this floral account. And they're like, Oh my God, this is my, I, I don't know what I want, but I know I want floor. Like, this is who I want to do my flowers. Yeah. And then they're working with them. And they're like, Oh, do you know anybody for makeup? Actually I do. Yeah. So you already have somebody in each yeah. little niche that can refer right. you. So in the wedding industry, I mean, I guess you can build your clientele off of advertising or something like that, but that's not the way I built mine. And I think that's not the best way because you just never know what kind of a client you're going to end up with doing things that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, We're stuck I'm, with them. I'm, I'm pretty easy. Like yeah. I I'm professional, but I'm relaxed. And you know, I genuinely have like no bridezilla stories. People ask me all the time for my bridezilla stories. So I'm like, <laughs> Thing. Like I make a real effort not to have bridezilla stories. Like, you know, you attract what you put out there in that way. And so, um, for me, like my referrals, like the wedding planners I work with the other hair and makeup artists who I, you know, refer to, and they refer to me and all these people I met, like through what I was just talking to you about, just getting together and having coffee and then working over time, like they send me, you know, great people, the right people <laughs> They send me great people. I, I never take weddings where there's not like some sort of a connection with the, like there has to be, they have to say, Oh, Whitney, you know, yeah. Somebody knows somebody sent, sent me, you know what I mean? Wow. It has to be like something like that or Cameron, my, your past bride sent me, you know what I mean? And to be that, like, like be able to be that exclusive about it. Be like, yeah, like you have enough business to be like, no, if it's not coming from somewhere else, you don't have to take it because you have built something where you don't need every client. Like you're, right. you can be picky. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. And this is something where like, when you work for yourself and I feel like you're probably this way, like with your husband too, like you kind of have to have like that person who's in your corner. Cause you don't have like this coworker, like group to talk to, right. You don't like have like your, you know, head of head of the board to like talk yeah. to. And so like, I say that like my husband is like my head of the board. And so like, I go talk to him whenever, like I'm like want, contemplating something. And I remember him telling me early on, he's like, you know, if you, the, he's a chief of staff for a company. So he's great at this. He's like, you know, set, you want to like set your, your prices. You want to set your goals where you want, want to be and not like, you don't have to take on like all the clients. Now you want to yeah. set yourself up for your ideal client. And you know, the way to do that is a, I only post work that I love and that I want to keep doing. If I want to work with a, you know, client who is relaxed and just like really excited to get married. Then I want to work with wedding planners who attract those types of brides. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, like, I think that setting those parameters, it might mean that you don't get as many weddings early on, but that's the types of weddings you're going to keep getting. And it's going to build, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's quality versus quantity. And exactly. then over time it has turned into quantity. I mean, at this point, you know, um, there's a lot of inquiries coming in, but it, it started with me setting boundaries you know, like so that's my ideal client. And that's the case in any business, right? It's like, you want followers. Yeah. It's like, do you, you don't want all the followers. You want that right type of person. Yeah. Like for me, like my target person yeah. is like the woman that's working out and not seeing results. A mom, you know, somebody has three kids and doesn't have time for themselves and thinks that they can't make themselves a priority. Like if I could find that person and not mm -hmm because I know we've talked about this too, like with Instagram, it's like, I'm not growing and, but yeah. you don't want to just grow with like, look at all the followers I have. If it's like guys, like I don't, guys are not my niche. I can't inspire a man. Like I need a certain <laughs> client. And when I look at my 
portfolio on my Instagram. Like I am doing like baby voice lip sync TikToks and then like, <laughs> like glue video. It's like pick a lane, Aaron. Like I, I need to just more like focus in on my, <laughs> like, who am I doing that for except myself? Cause I love it. And I love nailing a lip sync. I will nail a TikTok. I will I not post it unless the lip sync is completely on point. Yeah. And then some people on TikTok, that's like a 20 year old girl in a bikini will do the same sound, the same video like that she's lip syncing and be off like it's bad. It will go viral. And I'm like, she didn't even, she's not even on. Like mine was nailed, but I feel like nobody sees mine because I can't grow, especially like on TikTok. And I will not post it unless it's perfection on the lip sync, but it'll be like 30 views and somebody else will go viral. And it makes me nuts. Like talking to somebody else that's growing a brand, like the Instagram and the growth frustration, but you're making me think of it differently. Like, I don't want to just grow and have followers. I need to find my people. For me, like, I didn't really intend for my Instagram to take off of it. Like, I mean, I did. I mean, like, it's been nice, but my, my goal wasn't to like work with brands and, you know, do that type of thing. I mean, I guess that you would categorize it as like influencing in the hair and makeup like industry. Right. Yes. And I, that was not really my intent when I started. So I started the way that my um, following their grew was I started posting, um, I started posting time-lapse videos of me oh. creating updo and updo hairstyles. And that oh. I did that because I wanted to teach other hair and makeup artists. So my goal was for other hair and makeup artists to see it and like contact me to teach one-on-one classes. That was the goal there. And then and grew. the, and then there are and then it grew because hair and makeup artists recognized it and they started following. And then like brands would like repost it if I tagged them and whatnot. And, um, brides started them finding it. And then I started having, and I don't love this, but like, as my Instagram following grew wedding vendors that might not have noticed me or really wanted to work with me in the past, regardless of what the work looks like, were uh. interested in working. And so it was kind of one of those things where at that point I was being contacted for a lot of shoots. Um, and those it's not that those wedding vendors like weren't like were like trying to keep others down or anything like that they just didn't see me because I didn't have any sort of a presence but like once once my stuff was popping up on their feed they're like oh like Aaron Reiser like let's figure this out and, and so you're I, like hey <laughs> I've been <laughs> I here have shown, like a lot of loyalty to those vendors who wanted to work with me when I didn't have a following I want to like organically I, I, well, yeah, like, I think there's just a lot of value in those relationships where they didn't care if I had a following or not. And yeah. it's just, I like, I make time for shoots with those people because I just really appreciate them. I love and that. I enjoy cre- building new relationships with those who found me through Instagram, but like those day one people, like those are my people, you know, of course I love um, that. and I just love that. Um, but yeah. And so it just kind of, it just kind of grew from there. And, um, then I started having some brands reach out to me, um, to actually pay me to create content, which I didn't even know that was really a thing. Yeah, um, I now a work a couple, yeah, I did. I, that was not my intention. So I didn't exactly. know. Um, and, and so, I'm over here like, I'll create all the content where, where's all, where are the brands? <laughs> yeah. So, wow. and, um, so, I mean, I only have a couple of brands that I've agreed. I have, I get you know, their brands to reach out to me sometimes. And sometimes they want it to be like 
it's different depending on what they're reaching out for. But I try to just keep it to like a couple of brands that it's brands that I already use their stuff before I started doing this. Mm-hmm. I want to be untruthful. I don't want to like take no. on something and be Jake, like, authentic. Oh, I love this. And it's like, not something I've used. I've, I used like once, you know what I mean? I'm the same. Yes. I, yeah. I have two sponsors for my podcast and one is a tequila brand and it's my favorite tequila. I yeah. drink it. I'm not gonna say every day. I drink it a lot often, but it's this jalapeno tequila. And I would just tag them and all my stuff. And I was like, guys, I made the skinny spicy margarita. And I finally got them on board. And then this flow alkaline spring water, I drink it every day. It's like got a packaging that like, you can have it out by the pool with my son and it's not going to like overheat. It's not in plastic and it's really good. So I kept tagging them, tagging them. And now those are my sponsors, but that was organically. And I will never like say squats and margaritas is brought to you by something that I don't already do every day. I went after those because it's my favorite tequila and favorite water. That's how you do it. You create content that has value. You give away something for free right? You're giving away something for free to followers. And then what do you mean? So, so, so I gave away some knowledge for free. I did. I was like, what am I giving away? Oh, okay. Like a workout or a recipe, a workout, a workout, a recipe, the things, the types of, I mean, you post those things for sure. I'm, I mean, I'm a free consumer. (laughs) I do, but I wasn't thinking of it as me giving, but I, I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I got to do a giveaway. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's like, you're giving away, like either, whether it be knowledge you know, in my, I think that giving away some sort of knowledge and that really like, that's a way of like narrowing down your followers. Right. Yeah. Because the people that are going to follow you are the people who want the thing that you're, you're, you're giving them. You're like, I have this knowledge. Would you like some and give some of it away? And then if your intent is to sell it at some point, then you give away a portion of it. And then you say, here's my book. (laughs) If you want more, there's 11 more recipes in my book. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I think for me, the following is credibility. I, I hate like, that. It's yes. It, would you do this if you didn't meet me through my sister? Like if you looked at my page and it was like 19,000 followers, like this isn't like a, a big, I want to grow my following so that when I go after a big fish on my podcast, they look at like, I'm trying, I'm putting it out there. I'm, I'm in negotiations with Katie Couric and I want her bad. Katie okay. comes to my page. Yeah. She's probably like 19,000. Like, well, this is going to be a waste of my time. And I always, I'll say it in my pitch. I'm like, I promise it will not be a waste of your time. I love talking to people. It's, it'll be a great conversation, but because my numbers are low, I feel like they're like, why would I, if I had a hundred thousand, they're like, oh yeah, this won't be a waste of time. This little podcaster, but I can't grow. And I, I worry about my credibility as I try to get new guests that I don't look like I have a following. Why would they take the time? to do yeah. my show. That's why I'm frustrated. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that like from, from my perspective, um, and I'm gonna be a little bit different from Kay Couric because she like, obviously Instagram probably doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, exactly. Her, like, her, her, yeah. Her true. Is what it is without all that. And true. like her being a celebrity, but for, for me, like, because I know that my, my like work and those things about me are not significantly different. Like, I mean, I'm more experienced, right. But like, it's not different from when I had no following. And so I know that I know that I am not different now than I was Mm -hmm. two years from now. Like I had value then I have value now. Like that's not what gives my work value. Now that is a perceived thing. 
And I have had clients talk about it. And I do know that there are some, I'm sure that there are people who reach out to me because of that, who wouldn't reach out to me regardless. Like they could look at all my pictures and they would probably maybe still not reach out to me because they're like, Oh, you know, she only has however many followers, Ah. Um, you know, um, totally. But when I am looking at other people's, I now am able to look at it through the lens of looking at their work instead of looking at the number. And I'm really intentional about that. So that's like my perspective, but I've also am someone who, you know, knows what it's like to be trying to grow your following and struggling and being like, please like see me, see my work. You want something to like hit because I I know what it feels like on both ends of it. And yeah, because so, it's a business. Like anybody wants, I always use this analogy. If I was selling hot dogs out on the street, I would want my hot dog business to sell hot dogs and grow. But when right. you put so much into something, you want to see growth. And all I do is come down. Like it was like I had 20,000 followers at one point, then it's like 19.9, couple more yes. weeks, 19.8, 19.7. It just goes lower and lower. And it's, it makes you just be like, what am I even? I, I want like the radio station that I do this for to get more. I, I don't want to let them down. So I want my show to be seen by more people. And I, I do have value and I, I love my show. And I know that this is something that helps people, but if nobody sees it, right. Like yeah. I want them to be like, we have all these viewers now and it's not going, it, I just go down, down, <laughs> but you're saying, don't worry it's about that. It's, it's frustrating. frustrating. It is very frustrating. And sometimes my following goes down too. And sometimes it goes up. Like, Do you see any correlation? Like it went up when you did something specific? Uh, I like usually it's, it's when one of my tutorials, multiple other accounts start reposting it. Um, okay. But it's interesting. Like even the brands that I work with, when I talk to their, the people who like manage us, manage me and like other people like me, they tell us, they're like, yeah, we're like trying to figure out like why these numbers are doing this and why those, why the numbers do what they're doing. Like we're all trying to figure out this algorithm, the algorithm, not engagement. And none of us like really have the ability to. And so I think that for me, like when I start recognizing that, like it's affecting the way that I view myself, view my work, when it's like affecting my mood, then I have to be like, I just have to take a step back and be like, this is not where my worth comes from. It's yeah. okay. I'm going to keep putting my best work out there that rec- represents who I am as an artist. And that's what I have control over. Cause we just don't have control over the other stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the things that ha- do seem to work for me are putting out there like a little something for free that I know there's an audience for like a tutorial. When you show exactly how you do an update, like you give it to people mm-hmm. and tagging the brands that I love that okay. I already work with. So that, and doing that consistently, like you said, you did that and you had the, the two brands that you yeah. love out to you. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're doing an amazing job. I mean, I, I, I love I just go down and down. Think yeah. it, that's what it's going to sound cocky. Like I, I feel like my stuff is good. Like I will work on something and this is what it's frustrating. There are <laughs> people that I watch like their accounts Yeah, that I am uncertain of the value they are providing unless it's just sexy and like yeah. all their followers are guys, but yeah. It's there's no value. I'll be like, why do I even want? Like, I wouldn't post that because why would anybody want this? And yeah. they are killing it. And yeah. I'm like, I work on like content that I feel like nobody sees. And right. I know that if I did something like what they're doing, I would grow. But it's like, I do see the value in what I'm doing in my content. So yeah, I just need to stay true to that. And I am staying true to that. And <laughs> I just tick down, down, down. <laughs> 
every day. I'm like, Oh, 19.6, 19.5. I just go down. I never go up. I just go down. And I don't want, I don't know. It's like a lot of it is I don't want to let that. I want the show to be a success for the people that I do it for. And I yeah. want more, my message to go further because I know that there are women that are still in that place that are like, like at the beginning of this, what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, just on the treadmill and like frustrated, or I have, we haven't gotten into this, but I had my bulimia. Yeah. My bulimia, my anorexia, all the stuff that like, I was trying to find this body and I finally found it living life and being happy. I want to help people, but nobody hears this message because nobody sees my content. That's how I feel. And I don't want to sell out to the algorithm and do the things that are making other people grow because that's not true to why I'm doing this, but nobody's seeing what I'm doing (laughs) because I don't go anywhere. I mean, I see it like there are people who who it it helps and it just makes you feel like, why do I even maybe Instagram is not my thing. Like maybe, I mean, maybe the, I, my following is somewhere else because I can't get to anybody and Instagram is really all I do. Maybe I need to look at like, Instagram like a, is frustrating. Yeah, it, it just really is. And so, I, I mean, if it, if it is like affecting you, then, I mean, that's like a good perspective to have. Like, I'm going to keep posting Instagram. I'm going to keep posting things that are valuable. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep thinking about where else I can place this value as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a blog, but like I have like 200 subscribers. So if I put it on the blog, like nobody, at least I have mo- a little bit more of a following on Instagram. I don't know. I don't want this all to be about Instagram. Two things about building your brand, okay. like, when you're talking about, I don't have like a head of this to talk to. I don't have yeah. anyone. Like you have a team of people, Aaron. Like, but like I, okay. So I'm, I'm the, the owner of the business. Right. And so like, there are certain things I can't talk to them about. Like, but how did leader, you build that? How do you trust? I can't delegate. I mean, my faith is the most important thing to me. And like all of this, all of this that I do is just like covered in prayer. You know, a lot of other artists, they talk to me and they're like, like, how, how do you like always have, you know, it feels, it feels like you have this great team and you have these people behind you. And I'm like, you know, they're great people. They're very loyal. And, um, you know, I think some of that is like being a good leader. Some of that is, um, is building a friendship. Some of that is, is like investing in them. Like I invest education into them. I teach them. I care about them as people. I know about them as people. Um, you know, when we're working a wedding, I'll like take them out to a meal. Like when we stay overnight, like I'm like, let's go to dinner and breakfast. It's on me. Like, you know, taking care of them and just like honoring them in that position because they're sacrificing their time to help me to be able to have my business. I could not do weddings without them. How did you trust that they had your vision? Like if I was doing like the bride, I would look over and just be like, what's happening over here? What is Sally doing with like your name is on it. How did you trust you? I guess you've seen their work. Like, how did you trust that they were, they were not going to let you down or that they, I don't know. Like if I hired someone like to post or something, I'd be like, um, can I just see it before you, I'm a (laughs) micromanager. I don't know how to build out a team because of like my micromanaging and the trust that they had the same vision that I had. How did you? Right. So I would say that in my experience, people tend to do their best work and perform their best when they feel that you have confidence in them. And so what I did, so most of my team, most of the girls who helped me, well, they're all uh, independent contractors, but they're trained by me. They're friends of mine. And I trained them and made sure that I felt really confident in what they could do before bringing them in on wedding day. But I have a few artists who will help me here and there who like, they do weddings on their own and they're just friends of mine in the industry. And they'll come and help me when I need extra help. Because sometimes I have multiple weddings on a weekend with like 
other lead artists from my team at different locations. And so I'll need to bring in extra people. And I remember I've had a couple of them have said that to me. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I just, you know, I was like, okay, I feel good. And I would tell them like, I feel confident in you. I know you can do it. So let's go do it. There's two pieces of advice that have helped me um, when doing something new that makes me nervous. Um, one is, and this is one of, one of my closest friends from childhood said this to me. He said, when you're trying something new, when you're not totally confident, you need to just walk fast and act confident, which means just keep moving and act confident. The other thing was told to me by one of my clinical instructors when I was in college. Um, and he said, you always know more than at the time it was the patient. He's like, you always know more than the patient. Like, don't be nervous evaluating a patient. You always know more than them. Same thing applies to a client. I know more about hair and makeup than my clients do. The girls I've trained know more about hair and makeup than their clients do. And so as long as they remember, like I'm the person I have knowledge here. They are not like sitting here wondering if I'm knowledgeable, I have knowledge, you know? And so I always talk to them about those two things, walk fast and act confident and remember that, you know, more than the client does. I love that. When I saw you and your team come in like the secret service with all of your stuff. And I was like, who is this girl? Then I'm like thinking like this, she's just this businesswoman. And then you're doing my makeup and you're like, oh, I have three kids. I just had a baby. And I start following your Instagram and it's like, you're getting a run in. And I was like, this girl, your goals, like you're, you're balancing all the things. And I think a lot of it, it it sounds like it's your faith. Like that just keeps you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, you know, I just, I feel like that's another thing. Like when I run, I pray. Um, when I, and I pray, (laughs) um, you know I mean? Like the Lord just like places things on my heart and I pray. And I, I tell people that too. I mean, that probably should have been my first answer when you asked me how things grew so quickly and to grow my business where it is now in five years with three children, it seems like it shouldn't have happened. Right. But like, I mean, I've just bathed in a prayer and I, I, I really just prayed that like, you know, Lord would give me influence and connection with people. And he has, yeah. and that's, you know, that's my perspective. That's where I'm coming from. And I know not everyone is coming from that perspective. And I sit in no judgment of anyone who comes no. from a different perspective. It's like what fuels me. And that's what my life is like all about. And I love that, you know, I feel like, you know, he's just like paved the way for me. The only other thing I didn't talk to you about when you mentioned like yeah. you work and your kids are home, my son will come in and be like, mommy, you watch a show or you, you sit with me one second, one second. And then Mm -hmm. I like at night when I'm saying my prayers, I will, I'll pray for presence, like just be locked in with him. And don't, I don't want him to ever feel like he's not important, but they see me not paying attention to them because I'm focused on Mm -hmm. my brand. And I have this noise in my head about like, should I be doing something like this when they're so young? And like, am I missing time with them? And I have guilt about that. And like, yours are like the same age as like, do you ever feel Mm -hmm. that way or that they're feeling like, why aren't you well, you said they feel like they have a stay a full-time mom. So you're doing it right. I think that they feel that to some degree, but mine are also, they do ask me, they'll say each morning, pretty much our middle Amelia, our little girl, she'll ask, she'll say, mommy, you go to work today. And I'll have to kind of like talk to her about how much of the day I'm working. I think that telling them, like letting them know ahead of time, like Claire is going to be here from nine to one today. And then mommy's going to be with you the rest of the day. And so I think that like, starting off the day with that expectation is helpful. Um, and then they're really excited to tell me everything they did while I wasn't with them. Um, and so I think, I think that's good. I should be doing that. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think for me, like, okay, <laughs> I was always told this, like I teach, used to teach college level bio. My thing is like, I'm pretty good. I think this is strength of mine. It's just saying things the way they are. I just say things the way they are. I don't really know how to like do anything, but say things the way they are and say it simply. And so like, I just tell them, and the truth is that maybe it's not age appropriate, (laughs) you know, like maybe I'm over explaining, maybe like they can't fully understand the things that they say, but if you're asking a question, then I'm just answering it. And I talk to them like adults, like people always like, Jack is our oldest. They're like, he is so articulate. He speaks like an adult. I'm like, that's because I've only ever spoken to him like an adult. Like yeah. I've never been good at simplifying my yeah. language. You know, I'm just not, it just doesn't come easily to me. And so, yeah, I just, I guess I talked to Amelia, like she's an adult, oh, um, but she seems to get it. And, <laughs> um, but I, I do don't. totally relate to the like struggle of, you know, sometimes it's not even that they miss me. It's that I miss them. You know, like I'm, I'm in the process of trying not to work so much on Saturdays. My goal is personally only to take like 10 to 12 weddings a year. And for those to be like doozies, you know, once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Take the wedding. Exactly. Exactly. And then for my team to be taking weddings where I'm doing the admin and they're going and doing it without me, like that's the goal so that I can be with my, my family on the weekend. You're manifesting yeah. it. You'll have that. It's yeah. Coming. Like I, I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm taking yeah. steps towards it. Um, I'm talking about, it. I think talking about it is important. Like when you have a goal, like if you talk about it, if you put it out there, then it's like, you really got to do it. You know, Katie Couric is going to be on squats and margaritas. <laughs> yes. Come on, Katie. Okay. I'm putting it out there. We're <laughs> in touch. Awesome. We're in touch. And she laughed at how I would not go away. And I like found out her assistant was and went to the assistant was like, I want to lead by saying I'm not a stalker (laughs) and I know this could go one or two ways, but I said, I'm actually intuitive. And I, you could look at it as that I'm being like resourceful or a stalker. And they were like, ha ha ha. Like we're dying that you found her. Like I found the assistant and but then she was like super busy and her book's about to come out her memoir. So I said, obviously she'll be doing a ton of press for that. So I'm trying to sneak in before she gets that. Like if she has a little bit of time now, and like, it's just like somebody I know minutes, I would vibe Katie. with her. Katie, it's only 45 minutes, girl. <laughs> I told her 15 minutes because then that's what you do only is like minutes. some of my big guests, like I've had like some of the real housewives on and yeah. they don't have a lot of time. So it's like 15 minutes, but then I know that I would buy it's somebody. I only asked the ones that I know I'd vibe with. So then it's like yeah. 15 minutes. And I'm like, are you good? And they're like, oh yeah, great. And then we keep talking. Um, thank you. Business advice, brand advice, workout. You're killing it. Like making yourself a priority, making time for you. You yeah. hit on everything that I talk about. I knew okay. when I met you, you'd be a great guest. And you <laughs> did right. not disappoint. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.